everyone, it is Stephanie Postles, the host of Up Next in Commerce. Before we get into our latest interview with another e-commerce leader, I wanted to let you know that the Up Next in Commerce podcast is now available for sponsorship for the first time ever. By partnering with us, your company will be connected to interviews with the most compelling founders, CEOs, VPs, and digital leaders in the world of commerce today. You have nothing to gain but thousands of followers and millions of impressions each and every month. Reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to see how your business can benefit from partnering with our team at Up Next in Commerce. Welcome to Up Next in Commerce, the show that takes you to the front lines of what's happening in digital, retail, and beyond, with conversations from fast-growing startups to the Fortune 500 and everything in between. You'll get a glimpse into what's next. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, the co-founder and CEO of mission.org, and I'll be your guide through all the trends, innovations, and hot topics in the world of commerce. What are business leaders thinking about when they aren't winning at business? Family, travel, the latest TV show? Yes, yes, and maybe. But how about quirky business opportunities or little discussed financial trends or maybe even plant medicine benefits and alternative wellness? Mission Daily is back, baby, and our flagship podcast is better than ever. Mission Daily is the podcast for the business builder, the thoughtful marketer, the team manager, the blue-collar worker looking for new ways to think about life, finances, and health. This is for the people who want to break the status quo and laugh a little or a lot along the way. Join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we address the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't often talk about. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Hey, everybody. Today, I'm here with Vasil Muadjaf, an investor and member of the board at Talio.io and he is currently leading strategy and growth at one of the hottest AI engagement startups on the market, Mo Engage. Vasil has done it all, including software development for the Bulgarian Air Force. He was a former Gartner analyst. He has been in many executive roles, including a founder, a CEO, CIO, CTO, and VP of corporate communications. And most of all, has been diving deep into the tech commerce space for decades. I cannot wait to get into all of that experience today with you, Vasil. Welcome to Up Next in Commerce. I'm excited to chat today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I was looking at your background, as one does, and I saw you are investor, advisor, you're a former Gartner analyst, and you're all over the commerce space, like in the tech world, but you're also a TV reporter for Bulgarian national TV. And I yeah. wanted to start there because I'm like, I'm pretty sure. sure you're the first TV reporter I've ever had on the show, and you just do it for fun. So tell me how you got into that space. So I used to play basketball and a whole bunch of sports. and. The Warriors were doing pretty well in 2015. And a friend of mine said, oh, wouldn't it be great if we can get some reporting uh, about the Warriors? And I said, hey, I think I can help you with that. So um, I got a press pass. I started going to the Warrior games on a regular basis and started reporting for the Bulgarian National Television ever since. Uh, I kind of slow down a little bit the last couple of years since they moved to San Francisco, but it's a dream come true for, for a basketball player to be in a NBA game. And then on top of it, to be with the Warriors, the first time they win a championship 
in Auckland, it was just, it, it was amazing. Um, so that's yeah. how. Okay. And yeah. you kept doing it afterwards. Like you started there. And yes. What kept you going? I mean, the Warriors, come on, basketball. Just the Warriors. I mean, I, I saw you're talking about startups and VC stuff. Like you kind of got away from just the Warriors. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to work in live television before. Okay. Before 2000. Um, I used to do a lot of things, uh, actually live streaming uh, with uh, Apple and Steve Jobs, their keynote speeches, things with tech companies. It was really exciting what was going on you know, 20 years ago. But yes, um, I have done plenty of video blogging before and I felt comfortable in front of a camera and start uh, doing political, uh, high-tech reporting, all kinds of stuff. And it's been really fun to, to do something on the side and to share my knowledge and my experience with, with people. That's awesome. So then, you know, fast forward to today and you're still in the live streaming space, just in a different way, but it seems like it's just been building up to get you where you are today, which I would love to kind of hear sure. what you're up to now and how you got here. So my day job is working uh, for a company called Moengage, and I do strategy, I deal with AR, and a few years ago, a uh, Forrester analyst kind of really slapped us on, on the face by saying, how come you guys don't have live stream uh, shopping support? And I said, well, you know, it's, yeah, it's very big in China. It's, we're not seeing it yet that big in, in the rest of the markets that we're in. And um, at that point, I started talking to a startup um, a team, and, I, and they were kind of trying to figure out what to do. And I said, well, why don't you look into this? And they start playing around and actually build a prototype for live stream shopping, which you can do right off your phone. That really kind of exploded the last couple of years, actually. In China, this is a really, really... Uh, something that has picked up uh, enormously. It started kind of small, but um, now I believe this year they're expecting between 350 and 500 billion dollars in sales on live stream shopping. It is absolutely insane, and this is catching up uh, with the Western world, uh, both in the U.S., both in Europe, and everywhere else. Uh, actually, in, in, as a matter of fact, so it's been really interesting. So one thing I always am curious about is how, you know, you look at what's happening in China. I think I remember a Harvard professor pulled up a live stream influencer selling things or just selling out really quickly. And I remember seeing that interface and being like, oh, that does not feel like something that would work here. Yeah. But you see a lot of companies that just have tried to adapt the same thing into their company. And like I've seen live streaming not work in a lot of places because they're just trying to do like a copy paste job of what's working in China. Yes. How do you see it working here in the US? Because I'm still like, is it working? Like, I don't I don't know if I see people live stream shopping yet. We cannot just copy and paste what's happening in China. For sure. It does not work. We've seen number of companies that they tried it and it's not working because we're a very different culture. We're very different in a phase of where we're adopting technology, what type of technology. We are still an email kind of engagement uh, world in, in North America. If you look at what is the most being used out there, and mobile is not the first thing that we think of 
when we want to uh, buy something. Uh, younger people are. Um, people that are on TikTok, people that are on Instagram and, and Facebook on mobile, but not everybody else. In order to make this jump and adopt this technology, uh, we kind of saw it right away. And it's from my years of experience also in uh, engagement space, in a marketing space, I knew that if you use the right uh, user data uh, for profiles, uh, connecting you know, the experience with the, the full user journey of the engagement of the customer, making sure that you have proper real-time CDP data, then you can personalize what you're hitting whom about what you're trying to sell, then you have much better chance. Brands here, however, are not trying to let a small uh, merchant go and sell, you know, some sunglasses or some little merchandise to their customers. They want to kind of sell whatever they have to everybody. And in China, it started by the, the store manager, the store owner getting online and getting one-on-one personal uh, with their customers and showing what they have in stock, what is in style, what is hot, and selling it that way. And now this has just exploded. So we changed this a little bit around in, in North America, and we're going to see, I think, a lot of success. But we need to have a user data. We need to integrate this with the user journey. And also, you need to personalize who you're pitching to sell what product at the right time, at the right moment, on the right channel. Okay, got it. So if I'm thinking I'm a new company and I have products that I want to do live stream shopping with, Let's start with like the user data first. What is the bare minimum of like, what do I need to collect about my customer to even offer a good experience? I mean, you know, you need to understand, are you selling to a man, to a woman? Uh, what age? Uh, what are they interested in? What's, what time zone they are? Uh, are you going to try to sell something at six o'clock at night, Western time when it's already nine o'clock uh, Eastern time? Right, all those things need to be taken into consideration before you start selling. And life is great, but life doesn't work for everybody. So you need to be able to do live stream shopping. At the same time, you need to be able to do this on demand as well for everybody else, which means at that point, you either have to have an AI bot to deal with interaction on a chat or a live person supporting the chat for 24-7 for all the people that were not live. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, got it. Who's doing it well? Like what companies do you look at right now where you're like, this is actually working, I'm seeing revenue increasing and flawless experience? <laughs> there are a few companies that are doing, I think, this very well. Um, well, I think TikTok is really pushing this very well. Bamboozer, which is a Swedish company, is doing this very well. Yeah, we had them on. And in fact, if you look at the rest of the pack, everybody's kind of copying Bamboozer. <laughs> Their interface and everything else. Uh, I wish Bamboozer would do a lot more integration with user data, uh, user journeys, not just the catalog of the products. They'll get it hopefully soon. I think all the players need to fix their quality of the video stream. You know, you're doing WebRTC, you need to have high quality, low latency video. 
you need to be unique. You can't be just like everybody else. Everybody's copying what's happening in China. Then everybody's copying what everybody else is copying. There is no differentiation. Whatnot is another uh, very interesting startup that concentrates around memorabilia like sports cards and things like that. They're doing, from what I understand, very, very well uh, in that specific target. And these are just some of the companies I can think of um, from top of my head. Mm, okay, those are good. And some of those I know. You mentioned TikTok. And when I think about TikTok, I think, okay, you don't own your user data, especially, or like Instagram, especially if you're buying right away. So how do you think about the trade-off between to have a good live shopping experience, you need that user data to make it personalized enough, and you're going to lose it if you maybe sell right on a platform. Yeah. The, the, the reason why TikTok, Instagram, Meta in general are interesting, they have very big user base. You already have a lot of information about those users, what they like, what they don't like, depending on how you've done the integration with them you may be able to target the right people easier there than other places because you're not trying to get just uh, new customers, but you can also already kind of target your existing customers. Or if you're using influencers, you're targeting the followers of those influencers. I mean, when I think about influencers, I feel like it's gone definitely more towards micro-influencers here. Like when they say something, people are actually buying it instead of the really high level ones. Sometimes like, yeah, yeah, we're following you when we like your stuff. And, you know, we know you're getting paid a lot of money to talk about this thing. So what do you see on these platforms right now, especially when it comes to like live retail shopping? I mean, to me, someone with maybe 10,000 really excited followers looking at their fall collection that they're going to Walmart. Like I see those people, you know, move a lot of product. And it's very, you know, authentic and organic content they're making, but not with a huge million plus followers. Yeah, I mean, again, if you have a million plus followers, you probably, a big percent of that followers are not following you for the right reasons, uh, or they're not going to be listening to you. I think those micro influencers that are very specialized in talking only about technology or talking only about specific type of fashion, um, their followers, uh, even though they're not that many, are going to be much better buyer than if you have a million users. You're absolutely right with that. Um, And we are too early to tell what exactly is going to work here, I think. I'm sure that TikTok and others have some data on this. But again, we need to change. We are in a different level of user adoption and technology adoption compared to what is happening in China. Uh, compared to what is happening in in APAC in general, where mobile has been on a cutting edge for more than 10 years and we're just catching up right now. Yeah, I mean, those economies leapfrogged a lot of technologies that we still use today. They didn't even have them, so they just passed right over and we're like, don't need them. Now we're already at mobile. We don't need desktops, which is interesting trying to think about like how to how to do that as well in a way. You kind of can't. You have to just like the next generation just has to move on a bit to be able to start going after the ones who did do that. In many countries, the phone is the only screen that they have in a house. Yeah. It's not just your communication device. It's your shopping device, it's your entertainment device, and it's your work device. So you're absolutely right. And many times you go and there's people with two phones walking down the street. 
when you go to Asia. And that's a very normal thing. Mm -hmm. I was reading that, you know, retailers were paying more attention to live shopping than they were the metaverse, which metaverse is something I hear every couple episodes we are talking about it, which to me in a way is could be live shopping. Like that's what commerce companies are thinking about doing when they think about metaverse They're thinking about shopping in the metaverse. So how do I think about those two? Because they don't feel that separate to me, but I guess to the people who answered that survey, they feel pretty separate. So live stream shopping, the way we know it, is in general done on the phone, right? You, you, you take a phone, you use the camera on a phone, maybe you have a little better light, whether that's in a studio, whether you're in a store, you turn it on and you do live stream shopping. In China, they have switched and moved a little bit away from that. They use avatars. So they're right in between the gap between the metaverse and live stream, the traditional or the original live stream shopping. And the metaverse is just a different environment in which you interact with people and whether you're going to be selling them something or talking to them about and marketing to them something is just a virtual world where uh, you're going to transact and and maybe that will be the future, but we're not there yet with the metaverse. Uh, the devices are too big, uh, they're expensive, they're, there isn't really a standard for everything. Everybody's kind of doing their own little uh, uh, corner of, of their metaverse uh, of their own. It's going to take time and there is a lot of hype, but I haven't seen I don't think any of our customers come and say, oh, my God, where's my metaverse integration and my metaverse store that I want to sell NFTs or something else? Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, We'll see when that's going to be there, but it's going to take a while. To baby steps. Figure out the live stream shopping first. Then we can figure out a new world that we'll do the shopping in. Correct. And, And you have to, again, figure out the user data, the user journey. Uh, sometimes the live stream shopping is just the end point of a big user journey. You've already watched a video about a product. You've seen people talk about it. You've seen people using it. Um, you watch a TV ad uh, maybe or something. And it just that, oh my God, oh, they're talking about that new bottle and I really want that cool bottle. I want to buy it and it is so cool and oh my God, it comes in the colors that I really like it. So I think live stream shopping really grew so fast during COVID is because we couldn't be in the stores. We couldn't go to Paris or or somewhere to go shopping. And this really replaced and allow us to have this virtual experience that was closest to what shopping in person was before COVID. And so now that COVID is is over and people are starting to travel again, starting to go back to the store, things are kind of coming back to normal and there's gonna be a little bit of a correction, I should say, in that space. And so we'll see how that's gonna go, you know, from, from this point on. But I think it's here, it's gonna stay, it's gonna grow uh, and it's gonna get better. Yeah. The one thing that I've seen that I think is interesting is when you do a live event like YouTube is doing as well, and you can see the engagements in real time on the YouTube video, like it's a live video, but you can kind of go back in history and see how these, you know, people were putting in the chat bubble or whatever, like how they were speaking about it when it was live. 
And I was thinking that's a really good way to keep, you know, live shopping or something relevant, even after it's live, being able to feel like you're kind of part of this live environment, even if it was filmed, you know, six months ago or something. Exactly. And, and sometimes you have an expert, right? Whether you have a big influencer, you have an expert, you have a celebrity, whatever that is, that is very knowledge, knowledgeable about the product and can talk about it and show you how to use it. If we're talking about, you know, somebody showing you how to cook something, you may not understand what they're really doing, but they are really talking about how good that steak is because you're using that cast iron uh, pan and you have this cool Japanese knives that are going to make it easier for you to shop and to cook and to have a better meal for your friends and family. So that type of video can stay and be used over and over and over, like you said, for months, if not longer. And that experience uh, is preserved and can be used uh, forever. Yeah, as long as the chat's preserved. That's as long as the like, chat is preserved. Because a lot of platforms I've seen that that goes away. And you're like, oh, that was the best part, watching the crazy people going off on tangents. Yeah. And like, that's the best part, honestly. That kind of keeps me being like, let's see what's going to happen. But yeah, it seems like it's moving more in that direction now. It is. And th the technology also allows you to then filter some of the, you know, content that comments are coming, that there's just noise and uh, in real time and pop up conversations that are relevant, maybe to you, uh, that are helping that maybe other people found helpful, uh, that is going to make your shopping experience uh, more enjoyable in the end of the day. There's a stereotype of the average American worker whose life goes something like this. Go to work, come home, consume some kind of entertainment, go to sleep, lather, rinse, repeat. If you're listening to this ad, then I know that that life does not resonate with you. For the truly disruptive business leader, work doesn't stay at the office and unwinding doesn't mean watching TV at night every single night. This is why we've created Mission Daily a podcast that discusses the trends, habits, and ideas that thoughtful business people are contemplating every day. From quirky business opportunities to interesting investment ideas to the latest research in health and exercise and alternative medicine, and maybe even plant medicine. Who knows where we're gonna go, but Mission Daily covers it all. We're releasing new episodes every weekday. So join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we discuss the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't talk about publicly, that is. Break the status quo. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. So when it comes to thinking like the TV ad market, how do you see this trend shifting when it comes to TV ads? You know, static ads, you look at, you forget. They don't even, can't even really measure the uplift that well. Like, how do you think this will change that industry? What Talio did, Talio, for example, uh, shifted from live stream shopping to um, shoppable ads, uh, essentially taking the same type of technology that allowed for creation of shopping on the phone and push it to the big TV. Talio actually did something else. They incorporated live stream shopping with television ads. So imagine that you're watching a movie, a Disney movie, and you have like a little video pop up in the bottom with a QR code or with a push button for your remote control that you can then, you know, in the case of QR code, you can just QR code and then get live feed 
from, let's say, Disney World with a cool character talking about the new Star Wars exhibit. That really changes everything. Whether you're talking about Disney and Disneyland, or you're talking about an NBA game and the game hasn't started and uh, Steph Curry is, uh, you know, warming up and you can then show, oh, let me show you live while the big camera is showing what's happening around. Why don't you join live here and see from uh, close by what Steph Curry is doing with, you know, dribbling and he's with his new kicks. And oh my God, look at the shot he's making. So when you can combine this experience of multiple camera view, uh, live on, on the stadium and then live on the court, and people are just changing how they're going to be able to buy this new shoes or reserve this new shoes right now. And they want to feel closer to this super athlete that, you know, we are just uh, lucky to watch and, and enjoy do things that, you know, very few people have ever done in or ever in, in the sports. So we are seeing this merch of live stream shopping with shoppable ads uh, on television and television advertising and television experience is never going to be the same. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be a much more engaging future where even if it is a static ad, you could have something interactive as well to kind of like go beyond the ad. Correct. Um, it, it's not just that, but you mentioned something earlier. Number one is you can personalize the ad for a specific user in basically real time, right? You know what they're going to be watching, whether that's a basketball whether they're watching a movie, hey, it's five o'clock in the afternoon, you're in this zip code, let's show you this ad that is relevant to you. Whether this ad is about buying again a product or because it's five o'clock and you're in a Bay Area watching sports or something else, do you want to get food delivered? Hey, yeah, pizza, uh, Chinese, uh, sushi, what is it that you want to do? And this is changing how we're going to perceive television experience in the future. And then on top of it, which is more important, in real time, the data of the interaction, whether you're scanning something with a QR code or pushing a button, in real time, this data is going to be sent back to the advertiser. And they're going to know who is clicking, who is scanning what, who is buying what. And their data set, their user base is going to be so much better. Uh, they're going to be able to offer you better deals. Maybe you didn't buy that bottle and, okay, uh, hey, we'll give you 10% if after the game you engage with them and you give them a better offer. So television, connected television and streaming television is going to be the future of television. All ads and all, all video that we watch on television will be streamed eventually, I think. We are yet to see the power of this new medium. Yeah, I agree. So if I'm listening and I'm, you know, a newish founder and I'm thinking, okay, how do I even start prepping for this future? Maybe it's not fully here and ready for me yet, but soon everything will be accessible to anyone probably. And Correct. technology will be there to allow this to be much easier to implement. 
what could someone do today to start kind of getting ready for this? Other than, of course, collecting data of your customer and, you know, making sure you can personalize things and baby steps. But like, what can they do to prepare for this future? Companies need to start experimenting. Companies need to start talking and partnering with others that are already in the space and experts and try to figure out how to integrate with them. Uh, not everybody understands how to deal with streaming television. Not everybody understands how to deal with commerce. Not everybody understands how to deal with ads. But there are companies that specialize in some of those places. Go and partner with them. Uh, don't waste time. Get early, start testing this. And I think this is the best way to figure it out. No one has the answers. Um, we are taking baby steps. Netflix is about to launch their ad uh, supported tier of streaming. This is still a greenfield, uh, but it's very, very exciting because it's a very, very big opportunity around the world. And when we're talking about TV ads and shoppable ads, we are just talking about the basics. Imagine watching sports or watching something else and being able to, in real time, chat with your friends about what is happening there. You're doing it on a second screen. And this is going to be just really, really cool. Yep. So, okay, I'll take the sports example away and I'll make it more relatable to myself. So I'll be watching The Bachelorette. I'll be texting with my girlfriends. We'll be like, hey, where'd she get that dress from? Yeah. And then be able to scan it, pull up the site where it's from, order it. Exactly. Or maybe order a, a bottle of uh, nice Chardonnay in our cold right before the show starts, right? And you have good chat and laugh or cry over who got the rose and who didn't get the rose. And who <laughs> oh, got, you know, okay, I see. Who's the drama queen <laughs> and who's not? I'm, I'm just an observer listening to what's uh -huh, happening uh -huh, in other sure, room. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, don't ask me more than that. I, um, but yes, I, I get it. I completely agree with you, yeah. Yeah, that's an exciting future. The last piece I want to touch on was, how do you think about a brand when it comes to its revenue stream and diversifying it? I know you've spoken before about, you know, the traditional model maybe being a bit outdated and to kind of think outside the box. But what does that look like to you, especially when it comes to, you know, commerce companies, of course? I mean, commerce companies are trying to sell a product. So there's several things here. Number one is, Many B2C companies sometimes don't have one-on-one -on -one engagement with their customers. Uh, they may have to go through a reseller to sell that product. Now, however, uh, with this new technology, whether this is live stream shopping on your phone only through TikTok or Instagram or something else, they will be able to collect this data. And this is actually the big difference between China and the US. In the US, there are many brands that have their own apps. And now they will be able to use live stream shopping between their apps, between their websites to engage users. They can own that data automatically. Where if you're using a bigger app and the way people are doing it in China through super apps, they don't really control the privacy and the data or own any of the data. Data is gonna be the key to how you can monetize your users in the future, how better can understand 
what they like, what they don't like, what they want to buy, what they don't want to buy. And this is just one thing that every company is going to figure out how to use this for better business models. Maybe they need to be D2C companies in the future and be direct to consumer and completely bypass the middle person. This technology will allow them to do that. And their ROI is going to change. Their business model is going to change. Another thing is when we talk about, you know, shoppable ads on television, this is no longer just an advertising where you're doing a PR about the product. You know, not only you're doing advertising, you're getting data back from the television because it's a connected television, but also you now have a new revenue stream because you can sell directly on the television. The television becomes another storefront for you through headless commerce. And the way Talio is doing this, they're connected in a backend with Salesforce Commerce Cloud um, with their CDP, with their marketing uh, cloud, and utilizing this for better user engagement in part of the user journey. This is a new business model. This is going to be a new revenue stream. And many of the analysts are uh, in the space are already talking about it. And I think this is going to be, this is going to change entirely how we think about television and a lot of the traditional TV advertising dollars are going to be switched to this new social selling and this television selling in the future. Yep, got it. So once again, it all comes back to that user data. You got to get that user data. I feel like that's the theme of this whole episode. Start getting yeah. the data to be able to actually have a good yeah, customer journey and then be able to figure out not only what you're selling and how to sell that one well, but then other offerings as well or other platforms and how to do it well in different spaces. I mean, we're all on multiple channels. I am on multiple social networks. Um, everything is real time. You need to know more about your customer. Uh, privacy is changing and you need to be able to capture them in every one of those moments, as some analysts call it, and predict where they're going to be and what they're going to be watching. You know that, again, if this is sports or this is The Bachelor, you know where these people are going to be at nine o'clock. The game is going to be on. The show is going to be on. You better be prepared. And now you can personalize engage with them and do the best way to 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 grab their attention and to make a deal with them on the spot. Yep. Love it. Vasil, this has been an awesome conversation. I feel like I have a lot more insights into the future of live streaming retail and shoppable TV. So thank you so much for coming on Up Next in Commerce. And until we speak again, where can our viewers and listeners find you? Thank you, Stephanie. First of all, I really appreciate it. And that was really a great conversation. I am on all the social networks. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, Vasco, V-A-S-S-K-O, um, or, you know, people can more importantly talk to Talio uh, at talio.io and uh, check out what they're doing and, you know, engage with them and that will be great. Awesome, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Stefan. listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.
thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.